Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr, and I would like to officially welcome you to the 93rd episode of the Black Ink Podcast. Today, I am coming to you with a whole heap of energy, a whole heap of ideas, and I'm probably not going to get 90% of them out because that's just what happens when you get excited. But something I'm going to address from the very fucking top is chicks on Instagram, you know, because if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you know that I've touched on this topic multiple times, and it's something that continues to absolutely baffle me the longer I spend on Instagram. Now, to give you a bit of background, just in case you're not aware, I spend a good two to six hours a day on Instagram, and I know what you're thinking, that's so unhealthy. How could you possibly admit that bitch I make money off it, okay? So I'm literally meant to be on this platform as much as possible because I can actually clearly show you the relationship between how much time I spend on this platform and how much money I make. So with that out of the way, let's address the glaring obvious thing, sorry, blaringly obvious thing that I feel like people are just starting to accept now. And I will touch back on that as well because I think physical reality is changing the longer that we traverse down its weird and fucking ever-changing path. But as I said, we'll get back to that. Now, to understand why I'm on Instagram, we first have to understand at the very foundational level of everything that I do, essentially, I'm a salesman and a marketer. So basically, whatever the product might be, whether it's t-shirts, whether it's dick pics, whether it's you know someone's venue, whether it's a fucking car, whatever it may be, my job is essentially to sell those things. Now, I also own the other end of this situation where I control what the product is. So with Black Ink, I create something, whether it's a garment, an art piece, uh, whatever it might be, my job is to then sell it. Now, my ability as a salesman basically determines my ability in being a, a merchant altogether because you can have the best possible product in the world, but it's worth nothing if you can't sell that product, right? So the idea of me being on Instagram is to communicate with the appropriate people, whether they're people who haven't heard of Black Ink before, maybe there's someone who kind of knows what Black Ink is, or maybe there's someone that I communicate with every day. My job is to communicate with these people, the culture and community that I'm trying to build, and as a byproduct of that, the product that I'm trying to sell. So it's all part of a big kind of symbiotic snake eating its tail. What I'm trying to do is basically create, as I said, community and culture with people so that I can therefore generate a list of people who will be interested in buying the things that I am selling. So when I look at people on Instagram, I ask myself, what are they marketing? Because at the end of the day, that's all Instagram really is. I mean, if you look at it from a business point of view, the only reason that Instagram has any monetary value is because every four slides you are marketed to with an ad that somebody paid to put there, right? So even if it's just for the advertising side of it, Instagram is just a marketing machine, as is all of these social media platforms. They're just places where millions of people spend the majority of their time and therefore they're a brilliant billboard to put your business's name on so that people are exposed to your brand, right? And little insider secret, all I'm doing with Black Ink, my, like my Black Ink account, all that is, is a big billboard for what my business is doing, okay? Most people know this, they kind of assume this, but some people don't see the glaringly obvious, which is, that my Instagram is essentially my shop front. So instead of visiting the Black Ink shop, you visit the Black Ink page and you see what we're up to, you see what products we're selling. And if you look at my page right now, if you go and investigate it, you'll see that I sell 70% more culture than I sell products. The most of the things that I post about are rides that I've gone on or events that have happened or things that are coming up in the future or silly takes on things. Realistically, I'm 
not really trying to sell shirts at all because I know the better culture that I build and I know the better community that I build around me that the selling of products is kind of a byproduct of that. The the crazy part is if I actually sell the culture really well, then I can live comfortably because people want to support the thing that's building the culture. Or not the thing necessarily that's building the culture, but it's easy to get to get behind the voice behind that culture because when it's inviting or it, it you know it connects with you a particular way or you feel like you're a part of it, then it's an easy we're getting off the track. The point that I'm making here is to me everyone is marketing something on Instagram and look I understand that people might be marketing their life to people that they went to high school with just so they can feel better about themselves and therefore they lead themselves down an interesting road of maybe not lying but stretching the truth about particular things in their life like maybe the car that you're boasting that you just went out and bought like maybe in reality you got a loan for the whole thing like you didn't even have a deposit for it and it was like a $60,000 car but still You flex on the people that you are hope checking your Instagram account. So therefore you pretend like, yeah, I paid cash for this bitch. You know, you never say that, but you never suggest otherwise either. So let's assume that all of the marketing that's done on Instagram is anywhere between marketing some bullshit life that you think you're living on tick right up to trying to advertise something like Nike, right? Somewhere in that mix There's that chick that we all know, and this isn't about any one chick. This is about chicks in general, right? That chick who is marketing nothing, right? But in the mix of nothing, there's a whole bunch of like sexuality and things that they're standing behind and like this aesthetic that's so carefully like manipulated and put together so that you perceive them a particular way. But the product that's on offer, I feel like to the person who is exhibiting all of this the product that's on offer is the idea that maybe you might get to be friends with them or if you're of the desired sexual capacity that you might get to have sex with them whether it's you know a guy or a girl or whatever it might be but even then i think that we're living in a time now where that was probably the intention two years ago now it's just a weird headspace that these chicks find their self-worth in. And look, it's not just chicks, but for the sake of the conversation, I'm focusing on, like I can, it's so apparent in my mind that I can see the sorts of posts that they put up, but I can't even pinpoint one person or even a group of people that do it. Like it's just something that seems to be this kind of style of Instagram page that you can have for yourself. But realistically, I see it as mimicking the marketing strategies of business with the outcome of like pretending you've got an OnlyFans page, right? So let's go into it. I feel like these chicks want to promote that they have all the spare time in the world, but they have normal jobs that they work at all the time, right? They promote like this idea of being comfortable with their body, but at the same time, it's like just an exercise in like this weird self-love thing that chicks are like, again, I, I mean, this sounds like I'm being super sexist because I'm just saying chicks and I'm probably not being specific enough for the type of post that I'm talking about to make me not cancelable. But at the same time, stick with me, this whole idea that look, by posting unattractive photos of yourself, it gives the control to you. Like, no, now you just look like shit in public, right? This thing where like, People are overcoming this thing where they go like, oh, look, here's this photo of my fat rolling over my bikini and all the rest. And like, look how powerful I am by posting this. Like, no, when my stomach rolls over my jeans, I feel like a piece of shit, which I then fuel 
to help the decisions that gets me out of that situation. I go like, well, now you need to go to the gym. You know, you fat fuck. I don't post a picture on Instagram expecting everyone to rise up to my level of stupidity and encourage me by saying like, oh yeah, slay girl. Like, oh, this is, you know, mum bods are in season. Like, hey, guess what? They're not, you know? And that's not me being a dick. That's me telling you the truth, okay? But even furthermore, Let's pretend that you are actually on the market of like this whole self-empowering thing and like, you I don't know, maybe you're even fishing for some compliments and perhaps you're even fishing for some dick. The majority of the time, you know these chicks don't execute in real life, okay? And I'm not saying this as in like a they don't fuck sort of thing. What I'm saying is, is these chicks are normally the ones who are too scared to initiate a conversation if they did see you out in real life, but they fantasize it over and over and over again right? These are the chicks who, and I only have a problem with this because if you're putting that much attention into how your Instagram looks, you can read a fucking book, right? You can get more confidence. You can put things into play that are going to help your immediate future attain the things that you really want. But instead, you're stuck manipulating a fucking free app on your phone where you think you're in control and it gives you some sort of self-worth. Crazy. Crazy. And then they do something like wearing their bikini top upside down and posting a picture like almost revealing a nipple at the beach. And like, you wonder why people talk about you behind your back. You know, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying like, be very fucking aware of the process that you're actually going through and what it looks like you're marketing to the world, you know, because I feel like if all these chicks got together and spoke about it, like the people who they think they're impressing don't give a fuck. And the people who they are impressing, they really don't want looking at their pictures. Like, that's the reality of it. And look, this is coming from someone who, as I've mentioned multiple times before, like, I have a dedicated Instagram that was just about selling dick pics on OnlyFans. That's all it was, okay? I don't follow anyone on it, and it's got like fucking 4,800 followers on it from just posting something every few days and having an active OnlyFans account. Like I've literally been in the position where I'm literally trying to sell naked photos of myself and understand that like, if you are doing that sort of marketing and not selling that product, that is taking away from you, right? You're not offering anything to the world. You're not empowered because you've given away this intimate part of your life and you're not killing it or slaying it because you impress people who don't know who you are. It's like, it just seems like you're chasing your tail out in the field and getting upset when people look at you like you're an idiot, you know? But hey, that's all good. That's all good. What the fuck do I know? I've got 84 subscribers after fucking 93 episodes of this podcast. So it's not like I'm providing any entertainment that people are breaking down doors to go on experience for themselves. But just my fucking takeaway from like, and this is the thing, like I'm kind of amused by it. And another way I'm kind of let down by it because I feel like this altered fucking reality that is 2022 really does... I want to say surprise or startle me sometimes. I was speaking to a mentor of mine this morning and he was explaining to me how someone had a, uh, a verbal conflict in a public place. And this verbal conflict, basically this person just went off the deep end saying, you know, cunt this, cunt that, fuck you, rah, 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 you know, let's blue, all this. And we we're talking about it. And, you know, one thing I said to him is like, you know, does this guy wake up in the morning and watch videos on World Star and watch like UFC fucking repeats and all the rest? And then he goes out into the normal world 
of Bunbury where shit's just normal all the time, you know, and you know what normal is because you experience it every day. Hopefully you're listening to this somewhere where the streets aren't full of carnage and people aren't punching the fuck out of each other on the regular. You would just a normal fucking day-to-day sort of existence, but because they expose themselves to so much carefully curated content around the things that they like, whether it's fucking aggressive things or whether it's whatever it might be, so that when they go into reality, they're then cross fucking populating these ideas where like calling like calling people out or demanding respect or, you know, putting the offer like how do you say it? Like threatening to fight someone is a normal thing and something that you can do and get away with. You know, I feel like the cross pollination of shit that goes on on the internet and then people then replicating that in real life is now at a point where we've been seeing it for years and years but i think we're at a point now where we're seeing it actually take a really fucking weird twist on not just how society acts but mainly how the kids are coming through now you know you've got a whole generation of kids that never had a fight at school whole generation of kids where their parents weren't allowed to hit them a whole generation of kids where the majority of the information that they received is on a screen. And on top of that, out of all that information they've interpreted, there's probably a good percentage of it that they should never have bared witness to, that they should never have experienced by that age. You know, your typical 18-year-old now has seen a fucking, a DP is a classic piece of porn that they're like, yeah, of course I know what a DP is. Dude, I didn't know what DP meant until I was like 25, Right? And I'm fucking 29 right now. Dude. It worries me to think that, I mean, these chicks that I'm talking about in these Instagram posts, they're anywhere from 18 to, you know, fucking 40, you know, where they're posting pictures of themselves and their families and this, that and the other. And... Like, I get it that you're kind of doing it as like, this is the thing, like, I, I know all the reasons that you're going to use, like, oh, it's just like a personal diary for myself to, you know, to keep photos, or it's just to let my family and friends know what's going on. And it's like, yeah, but how do you explain this photo and this photo? And if it's just for you, why don't you just look at the album of fucking photos in your phone? Or why don't you have a private account when no one follows you and you don't follow anyone? If that's actually what you're doing, then follow the fuck through with it. But otherwise, like, I guess my whole argument rests on the idea that, Instagram is a marketing platform on every level and there is no fucking, yeah, dude, I'm just a stubborn, I'm just stubborn, bro. That's all this is. See, what I've done is I've made it like, okay, that's the rule and there's no way that that's not the case and therefore everyone should be abiding by that rule. But in actual fact, I think people might still believe that they're using social media for networking, you know? Like, oh yeah, I've only got Facebook so I can use Messenger. I've only got Instagram so I know what's going on. I only actually get on the Facebook app to know what events are coming up. I believe that. But if you're posting pussy pics without an OnlyFans account, what the fuck are you doing? Right? Like, at least grow some fucking back hair. Well, not literally. Pull your socks up, take some pussy pics, and fucking start an OnlyFans account. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's some thirst for that attention. Like, if we're here, if we're at the point now where you've got more than six photos on your account wearing a bikini, it's okay. You're thirsty. Okay? You're thirsty. And also, also, hey, come here. Come real close. Okay? I'm covered in tattoos. Now, do you know how many photos there are of me without any clothes on on Instagram? Hey, fuck all. 
okay? So I'm allowed to make these accusations about you in bikinis because you're like a chick who's got things that you want to show off in a bikini and a little this and that, right? And I'm like a solid probably seven and a half out of 10 with my shirt off, right? Covered in tattoos, maybe carrying around a little bit of extra winter muscle at the moment. That's okay. But I don't post those pictures and you do. So you're thirsty, okay? And that's okay. So now we're at the point where we understand that you're thirsty. So the difference between you almost showing your pussy and actually showing your pussy is literally an idea that you've got. It's an idea. Oh, what if your parents find out? Oh, fuck them. You know what I mean? Fuck them. You're already basically showing it with a bikini on. Just make $10 a month from as many dickheads as you can and just show them, you know? Just market it. You, you, you've you already marketed it. You may as well. Because if you don't, what are you doing, you know? Does that make sense? But tie the fact in. Sorry, I went, I went off on the tangent of the tangent. But <clears throat> the whole idea here is that I feel like people are living in an alternate reality where they're getting so much like so many thoughts to get mixed up in that endless scrolling that you have. Because this is the thing, when you're there and experiencing, you are in a whole other world. You're kind of in this weird space between you and your phone where you're not quite in the phone and experiencing it as a full experience, but you're also definitely not in the physical world free to interpret things that are actually going on around you. You're somewhere in between those two things. And when you're there, you have these thoughts that only appear in your mind when you're in that state of mind. You know, you know, you see the world star logo, you know what to expect. You see the black ink logo, you know what to expect. So you're like, oh yeah, cool, sweet. What's next? Fighting video, you know, fucking, you know, on world star. Oh, Jake's doing a wheelie or fucking whatever it is, is doing whatever it is. You get into that mindset. And then, you know, you do that for so many days, for so many weeks, for so many months that you end up getting to a point where you're walking along and, you know, you might see a fucking blacking i'm saying fucking too much on this podcast by the way i know that mentally i'm gonna get better at it you see a car drive past with a black ink banner and then all of a sudden you're like you're thinking about wheelies and it's like and then now you've got a weird cross between what you normally experience when you're just on your phone to now in real life circulate that over to this situation today where this guy's like you know you're a cunt you're this you're that let's go to the car park and blew this out it's like hey man you're in real life right now and the reality is like even if you think you can handle this fight, you just have to accept around every corner there's someone bigger and badder than you and this doesn't end well. And I don't even know the situation. I just know that as a fucking fairly well-built six foot four dude, I don't pick fights with anyone because I know that there is always someone bigger and badder out there who will definitely finish the job. It's just crazy. So, between now and when we last spoke, and if you're an avid podcast listener i just want to firstly apologize because i let that podcast 92 sit on my computer uploaded to youtube without posting it for nine days and i'm going to explain as much as i can what happened okay because it's not just about the podcast there's a certain amount that i can't talk about purely for the sake of the uh for the people that i was involved with i don't want to be disclosing any information that you know, puts them in a vulnerable situation or not even vulnerable. It's just not my news to tell, but I was involved in a certain sort of way. So what happened was I recorded that podcast a couple of days before the Easter Sunday sesh, which if you were there was an absolute fucking, it was amazing, right? So we had a capacity of 75 people. We opened the doors at five o'clock. We reached capacity by about 8.30. The bar was fucking flat out all night. I sold, sold 90% of the shirts that I took down there and took about another dozen pre-orders. So I did an excellent night made plenty of money to keep me happy. 
uh, had just all the people that I wasn't expecting show up, had heaps of people showing their support. And to be honest with you, over 50% of the people who arrived, I didn't know them. They were just there for the fucking black ink lost bills thing, you know. Um, I don't want to take full responsibility for everybody that showed up because obviously a lot of people got behind me and a lot of people gave me so much support that I'm fucking beyond thankful for. I I take some like real pride in saying that with two weeks notice, I got over 75 people to that event uh, on a Sunday night and got them all super fucked up and had a really fucking great time. And I did it without paying a cent for advertising. Oh, sorry. I think I put $10 on a post on the, the actual like informative post on Instagram. So first paid, first piece of paid marketing I've done for Black Ink in its existence. But like just taking a moment, just really taking a moment to appreciate the fact that I made that happen. I did that event last year. It was super cool. We had an all right turnout. This year, with two weeks warning, I decided to do it again. I tried to add as much value as I possibly could for the people who were coming. I tried to get as many local businesses as I could involved. Um, and I just fucking killed it. I just killed it. It's such a bizarre feeling. I remember looking around being like, you know, I get that it's a Lost Bills house party. Um, but I mean, like... You know, I'm sure if Maddie was here, he'd defend a little bit differently, Maddie from Lost Bills. But like the idea was, it was always a Black Ink um, Easter Sunday sesh. How, what we're going to call it and how we're going to go about it was just kind of the bureaucratics of it, I guess. Um, but it was essentially just a Black Ink party, and it fucking went off. I had at least 20, 25 people tell me that they couldn't come because they had coronavirus. I had another 10 people not coming because they were already going away camping or doing this or doing that because it was an Easter long weekend, and then. I had two DJs that couldn't come out of the three DJs that I had appointed. Two of them couldn't come because they caught COVID last minute. So on top of it being Easter Sunday, so people are already spoken for and they're already gone camping. And on top of people left, right and center catching COVID and not being able to come, right? I still reached capacity with two weeks notice. Dude, I think I'm into chucking events. I think I like that. I I felt really good looking around and thinking like, this is a black ink thing, you know? And I'm not coming at this from like a me, you know, king sitting on top of the hill kind of perspective, like this is all mine, I did all of this. I'm psyched that there's community, you know? I'm just excited to be part of a community, whether it's mine or not. I just want shit to be going on. I want sh people to feel involved in something. I want people to feel like they're part of a culture that is still under the rug in a way that you've got to know someone who knows someone, you know? It's not like it's an obvious thing that you can just go do. It's like that event on Sunday night was almost a kind of prestigious place for young people in Bunbury to be at, to be seen at, to have their photo taken. Something about that I really like. And in all honesty, I'm taking this moment right now because... I might seem like I've got a fucking group of people around me that are keen to hear all of my ideas and are happy to do This is a fucking solo show that I'm running. You know, Riz is like my, my soundboard to get the really fucking, you know, she'll usually filter out the really bad ideas I have and not let them get too close to the surface. But aside from that, I talk to my mentors, I talk to my mum, I talk to my dad, I talk to my friends. But when you have these moments of just like looking around that night and being like, I fucking... I did this, you know, and everybody's looking at me like, 
you like we expect you to do this you know this is what you do we see you on the time on instagram you're doing this you're doing that you're promoting stuff you you've always got something on the go and like i'm the fucking guy i like doing that and i think i learned from that night that that's something that i'm really interested in now on top of that happening, I've recently been approached by a, uh, I don't know, yeah, I really don't want to go into it too much, but I basically was offered this particular um, opportunity to diversify my knowledge and skill set. And basically using this, um, I guess, organic like ability that I've kind of grown for myself to build culture and community to a certain extent and basically apply that in a new industry and it was something that I'm very interested in Uh, I still am very interested in I just wanted to uh, be completely exposed to it to understand what it was through and through and to like really understand the the processes and, and procedures that are behind it so I did that for the week, and just weird how this all times out, because for the week that I was recovering from that weekend, because you know, I didn't stop at 10 p.m. No, we had kick-ons back at, back at, in here, in the studio, people standing behind here drinking piss until all hours of the morning, like we properly sent it. So Monday was a write-off for me. Tuesday, I had a business meeting at nine o'clock in the morning, worst idea I could have had, but I still went and did the damn thing. And then the rest of the week was submerging myself in essentially this other business to understand whether or not I wanted to be involved in its immediate and ongoing future and in in a pretty fucking invested way. So it was a decision that I had to make and obviously a kind of emotionally vulnerable state, but at the same time, I had to approach it as more of a businessman than I've ever had to be before. And saying that out loud, it sounds like, it sounds like I'm a bit of a tosser, but let's, let's speak about it because I'm at a point now where Something that I realized just recently to myself is that like my education is probably one of the more important elements of my life that up until this point has been semi-vocational. Now, what I mean by that is I can choose whether or not I'm going to read a book today. I can choose whether or not I'm going to watch a YouTube video on how to do something. I can, I choose moment to moment what I want to learn, how I'm going to learn it and whether I'm going to actually take on that information. And I realized that my ambition in business is not to make enough money to live, but to be the very best at something. And while I still can't pinpoint what the very, what's something I want to be the very best at, I certainly know that the road that I'm on is taking me closer to it. And the more problems that I solve, doesn't matter seemingly how important they are to the process or to the end goal they kind of appear or seem, just keep solving those problems and it gets me closer to realizing what exactly that thing is that I'm trying to achieve. And within that, I realize that if I have this ambitious goal that's so beyond me and so outside of my vision of comprehension so far, that I basically need to constantly be thinking outside of my comfort zone of like logic and problem solving ability and all these things that the education that I require and the rate at which I need to educate myself is no longer vocational, but essential. It's a necessity. If I'm going to continue to get better and grow bigger and make more important decisions, I can't keep thinking the way that I'm thinking now. Otherwise, I'm going to keep getting the result that I get now. And 
to be honest with you, I mean, that's not a bad thing. I'm at a point now where I could just keep doing what I'm doing for the rest of my life and I would afford to live. I would live quite comfortably, you know, but it's not good enough. I'm hungry. You know, I want to double it and double it and double it and double it because when you get in the habit of doubling it, when you make the goal doubling it, it's not that fucking hard. You know, it's just once you get out of that comfort zone of thinking that doubling it is impossible and you realize, oh, I doubled it once. Well, I'm sure it's easy, possible to double it again. You start hanging out with people who quadruple it every time and then you're like, oh, okay, so if they're quadrupling it, doubling it is actually super easy. Why is all this relevant? So I'm now at a point where instead of going like, okay, you know, I want to read a certain amount of books in a month or I want to do this or I want to do that. It's I have to educate myself in this area and be proficient in that by this date. Right? Simple as that. And... By doing that, I know that if I can achieve that, then I can then deal with, so let's make an example. I want to be proficient in decision-making at a high level by the end of the financial year. So I've got roughly, you know, six weeks or whatever it is, um, four, eight, it's like 10 weeks, I think. It's either 10 or six weeks. Uh, It's 10, it's nine, anyway. I've got nine weeks to find out what I need to read, read it, comprehend it, and put it into place. Now, if I do that, what I know is that next financial year, I have the ability to problem solve in that particular way or whatever the skill was, I've already forgotten it. Whatever that particular thing is, I know that I'm gonna have proficient or I'm gonna be a level up in that and I can now look at these problems a different way. Now, when I was given this opportunity, the one thing that I knew straight away is this isn't my industry. This isn't my skill set. This isn't my knowledge. And while I have experience in this industry and while I understand it to a certain degree, and to be honest with you, one of my original mentors is this is this is his industry. This is what he knew well. And he used it as a model to educate me about business and finance in general. So I do have a somewhat intimate knowledge and I do know the things that are important and kind of the, the highlighted parts of this industry. But at the same time, it's not my cup of tea. It's not at all my cup of tea, actually. So I knew that to make this decision as to whether I wanted to be involved with it and if I was involved, how involved and what does that look like when I'm involved that I had to basically, as I said before, I had to submerge myself into this role and understand what it is. And in doing that, I realized very quickly, I actually, all I did was it was a big learning process about things about myself and Basically, it robbed me of all of my time straight away because when you emotionally give yourself to something, even when you're not doing the thing, you're thinking about it, you're talking about it, every conversation is leading back to that point. So you kind of, your time and energy is all sucked into this one thing. And in that process, I realized just how much I didn't know and just how much I did, which was super fun to get to a point where I'm like, oh, okay, I'm no longer someone who's just floating around in the abyss of... Uh, side hustles, I guess. I am now a businessman. I am now someone who gets offered things that are hugely beneficial to both parties, but are only on offer to the right parties, right? People don't get given these opportunities just because they're fucking there, you know? This is when game sees game. And for me, this was a moment where I realized that my mentor, someone who I ask questions and who I give my situations to and say, how would you deal with this sort of thing? 
has taken that on board, these situations that he's witnessed me go through, and he said, I want you on my team. And through that, I could appreciate the situations or conversations that we had before where my opinion was asked. I always said it holding my breath. And in this last week, I realized that they're there to hear my voice. So to hold my breath, I'm shooting both of us in the feet. What I learned in this last week is that I'm a motherfucker who can see things differently to other people and can understand systems and processes and someone who has creative ability and someone who has the ability to communicate these ideas in an effective way where people can immediately understand what's going on or have some idea what's going on. And that is kind of a little bit where that is kind of where there's more of my worth is like situated. So by getting to this point where I basically had to assess the situation, assess this business, figure out exactly what it meant to me, what what I could mean to it, make a decision, man, it just forced me to grow up by like six months to a year in a week and ultimately make the decision where I had to go to someone that I respect a lot and say, this isn't me. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy. That's the words that I used. I'm not the guy. And I could be the guy because I'm a problem solver and a fucking pretty good one at that. And it wouldn't take me long. And I would be the guy.com forward slash hire me again because it's not a difficult problem to solve. But I'm not the guy. Takes courage to do that. Takes courage to not, I guess. But to appreciate that one thing It's not that it's not up my alley. It is up my alley in a particular way. But black ink is so far up my alley and so much of a like, I feel like I've grown so much with it and it's grown so much with me that now that it's getting to this point where it's just starting to kind of get shaky legs and take its first step for me to walk away from that and go and do something that's just on offer, it would be almost disrespecting myself in a way. And as it turns out, we talked about it and we've, again, I can't talk about too much, but there's exciting things happening in the future. So the event was really cool. And then in the wake of the event, I was trying to make a fucking impossible decision to make in that particular circumstance. But as you know, someone in this position, there is no excuses. There is just new problems that you've got to solve and, and new things that you've got to work out. And that's fine. And that's what I did. But damn, I learned so much. And now I'm in the, you know, I'm at Tuesday of the following week and I feel like I've literally just lost a week because I, I, you know, I, I was recovering emotionally. I was recovering physically and I was also completely giving myself to this other thing that was happening. So now I've just opened my eyes this week and I've got all this new perspective. I've had all these conversations that I've never had before. And now I've just got all this energy coming back into, into black ink that, Oh, I'm just all fizzled. I've almost got too much stuff to say. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, I've got so much stuff I want to talk about that I've already fucking glossed over because I was talking about chicks on Instagram. But hey, this is how these things happen, right? So got me thinking. This whole event thing, I started like breaking it down in my mind and I thought about what does it mean? And I really like this exclusivity thing. I like this idea of like, you got to be in the know or you've got to have a ticket or you've got to know the guy who runs it or whatever, you know, even then it sounds like I'm putting myself up on a, you know, but more to the point, there's something about like that semi-festival, semi like warehouse hidden party thing that I really like and I really fuck with. And 
upon thinking about it and talking about it with a couple of people, I think it has legs. I think that's something that I would be really excited to put together and to work towards and to look forward to. Because I think something that I got out of the event that was really powerful was I had something that I was really unsure of. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if people aren't going to show up. I don't know. All these I don't know is floating over me. But the thing that I liked about it was that I was still looking forward to something. And I had this clear date and this clear time that it was going to start and it was going to end. And I could plan things around it and it became a rock solid thing. And then other people got around it. So I think that that part of like the whole experience was really fun. And I think creating a fun environment is definitely something that I can I can do. So <clears throat> I've been talking with a few people and I think what I want to do in the future is maybe potentially host some events. I don't know. There's a very early ideas. I'm not quite sure how it's going to look or how it's going to feel. But damn, I mean, if you missed out, you missed out. It was just such a good night. And for people who were there, I mean, to replicate that again in any sort of sense would just be a dream. So maybe, maybe. If you have any ideas about any of this or you'd like to get involved or maybe you've got something that I could... Uh, you know, maybe a contact or something I might be able to utilize, man, hit me up in my DMs, reach out, contact me because everything that I do is doing it with people just like you. You know, the people who helped me put together the Easter Sunday sesh were just not even like one of them was, a you know, obviously good friend of mine. Two of them were good friends of mine, but everyone else I've met through the business. I've met through, you know, just they like some shit on black ink. I followed them. They follow me rah, 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 and off you go. So if you have any pointers for me, even please reach out and let me know. Now, as a little update of what's going on with Black Ink, as far as the brand is concerned, I would like to actually announce that this winter we are going to be announcing a whole new sort of hoodie. Now, before we even talk about the designs that are going to be on the hoodie, which is only going to be one or two of this year, I'm actually going to wipe all of the old stuff, all of the old hoodies. So if you want any of the old stuff now, I'm talking the box globe, the OP, all of that. Go get it now because I'm going to be fucking all that off and we're going to be running one or two hoodies that are going to have just front central logos. Okay, I'm also going to be doing a bit of a half zip crew neck sort of jumper. So to give you an idea, it's like a fleecy jumper. It's got a little bit of a neck on it, no collar, just like a high neck. And then it's got the zip that goes down, you know, just to about halfway up your sternum sort of thing. So that's going to be... Oh, sorry, some fun jumper options. I'm also going to be doing a flannel shirt with embroidery either there or there and there, which is just above the pockets on either side. It's going to be a black on black flannel, super fun. All these winter garments are going to be ready to release in about a month's time. And they're all going to be super limited amounts because I'm actually going to be producing all of these before I sell them rather than the other way around, which I've been doing up until now, which is you buy something off me and that I then go make the product. So one thing that I really want to hammer home this uh, Easter is just getting the products to the customers as quick as possible, which obviously should be the concern. But given the whole kind of nature and structure of my business and the fact that I'm bootstrapping and not fucking financing it beforehand kind of means that I've done what I can do up until now. So I definitely want to try uh, with those three products doing it a bit the other way. So if you order this on Monday, you can have it on Monday night. No questions asked. It's already made. It's good to go. So looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to doing a couple more girls products over winter, which I'm not quite sure how that looks yet, but I think the cropped uh, hooded sweatshirt is quite fun. I wouldn't mind figuring out some sort of like, I don't want to say boob tube, but I just want to get away from the crop top. I feel like it's kind of, 
it's a little bit done, you know. And obviously, I'm going to still uh, be printing on crop tops, but I just think there's a fun women's piece that I can't quite figure out yet. Something funky, something that's maybe, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But what I'm actually employing is a new little idea that is not a new idea for other people, but it's new for me. Uh, where basically I'm getting the people who have the most input with black ink already, but it's all individually. I want to get them all in the same room around a table, drinking coffee, drinking piss, smoking, having fun, laughing, talking about where black ink is going aesthetically. I feel like everything that I've made so far has been a cross between something that I directly want to wear and something that I know that my community is going to buy. So basically what I want to do is give a little bit more control back to the community, which is these group of people that basically have spent the most amount of money with black ink and the most amount of time involved with the decision-making process and put more of the decision into their hands. So instead of me talking to person over here and getting that idea and person over here and getting that idea and person over here and getting that idea. I want us all to be sitting around at once and all just brainstorming and throwing in ideas because I know, I know for a fact that if you can get people together, sitting down, talking and brainstorming, the result of the information that you're trying to achieve or acquire is tenfold. You get it so much quicker and you get it so much like, this is the thing, my ideas are good. The ideas of five people put together are fucking insane. Okay, so I'm really interested to kind of put together. I call it like the chief that the chief chief. Yeah, I I call it something on Instagram that I can't pronounce in real life. Apparently, that's all good. It's the chief train dream team. It's the chief train dream design dream team. The chief train design dream team. And that's the name of the podcast as well. That's even better. So basically, what I want to do is, as I say, get them around, have a good time. Basically, get that vibe, that attitude and that feeling of what black ink is, you know, like talking about motorbikes, having some fun. One person's already pissed and they've only been here for 15 minutes, that sort of thing. And then let's talk about hoodies. Let's talk about what's your favorite piece so far. What makes it your favorite piece? If you could see anything remade again, which direction do you think the next hockey jersey should take? Oh, did I mention that I'm doing another hockey jersey soon? Hey, If you like black on black, if you like things that are oversized, and if you like spending 120 bucks at a time, have I got news for you? Because I'm making a new jersey, and it's going to be fucking lit. Ooh, shit. So, more black ink events in the future. The Chief Train Design Dream Team getting together and coming up with the new designs of the fucking winter collection for men and women. We also have, oh yeah, so the next in the 2020 release, which is obviously the 20 T's that I'm releasing in 2022 that are each made 20 times each with unique numerical identification tags on the inside, therefore identifying them as a an official and certified one of 20 T. I have the next one released very soon. It is going to incorporate a... Okay, so from the outside point of view, this is going to be a little bit confusing to people, and I understand that. So I'm going to explain it a bit for you now. So as you see this all unfold, you kind of understand what's going on. Okay, now, even though my whole business model around this concept that I'm doing, these 20 T's that I'm releasing 20 times this year is I don't show you what the product is before I sell it to you. The idea is you buy, if you buy the pre-sale, it's the blurry image on the front, so you don't really know what it is. This next one is a shipping ship, 
you know, a ship that uh, ships mineral sands and has the hatches in it with the cranes on it. It's one of those. Across it, it says Black Ink, and then underneath it says International Shipping Co. Okay? So this shirt is basically promoting a faux company of mine, Black Ink International Shipping, that suggests that I ship mineral sands internationally. Now, I'm going to release a promotional video for this business that is obviously made up where I'm going to be wearing one of the shirts and I'm going to be talking about some of the services that we offer and I'll be you know, standing down at the port with ships in the background and all the rest. So I'm basically creating this whole aesthetic that I'm some sort of international shipping agent. Now, the shirt is going to complement this piece of content. Now. The whole idea of this is, is it's a marketing ploy, okay? I have 20 of these shirts to sell. The idea behind it is nothing without a little bit of depth, meaning, and value, without a bit of story, a bit of narrative, something to give it glue, right? The bit of glue is the silly video of me going like, hey, you going, my name's Jake, and I'm from the Black Ink International Shipping Co., since, 2000, since establishing in 1999, we've shipped over 43 million tons of mineral sands. Now, if you're looking for a more independent, more trustworthy, and more local shipping company, let me save you the stress. You're not going to find them because we are number one in the world at shipping mineral sands. Now, that's off the top of my head. Imagine if I had half an hour to sit down and come up with a script. Hey, you kidding me? I've only got to sell 20 of these shirts? Fuck me, right? So, I create the piece of content. Then what do you know? Fucking three days later, I come out with the Black Ink International Shipping Co. t-shirt pre-sales. This shit sells out before we even hit release day. You understand what I'm saying? Now that I've told you about it and you understand a little bit of the story, I can see you trying to figure out, I wonder when he's going to release this. Has he already made the design? Surely he doesn't have one already made somewhere. Hey, the answer to all that is very soon and fuck yes I do and no you can't buy it. Okay? But look. That's a little bit about what's going on right now. I've reached my time limit for today, ladies and gentlemen, because I've got things to do. Be good to your mum, because I'm fucking out. Yeah!